that's Brittany. And that's Jonathan. Welcome back to Real Time Talk, where we're going to be going over Adventist Home. I'll say Adventist Living again. <laughs> uh, what chapter are we going over? We're going up over chapter 18, which is called Marital Duties and Privileges. Oh, yay. So just like every other episode, we will be reading through some uh, sections that stood out to us in this chapter and discussing it, and hopefully you will listen. 100%. Okay. Get back yeah. here. I'm far away. <laughs> You're far away. Okay. So, first section here. Jesus did not enforce celibacy upon any class of men. He came not to destroy the sacred relationship of marriage, but to exalt it and restore it to its original sanctity. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do I have anything to say about that? Uh, I don't know. That's... I, I mean, I, yes. Yeah. It's kind of straightforward to me, I guess, in that sense. Like, God never intended for celibacy to be, like, be a thing for everyone. Like, I mean, Paul was celibate, but from what we know of. This this section is saying, like, it, because I think she's talking about when, um, like, there's certain churches that make it so that if you're ordained with God, you cannot have sex. Oh, uh, yeah. So God didn't call, yeah, called, God didn't call specific classes of people to be celibate. He called individuals to be celibate, and that is something that you have to have a conversation with God, whether or not that's what he wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Marriage isn't for everyone. No, it's not. And that's not, it's not part of everyone's plan. And I mean, Paul came to the realization that it wasn't part of his plan and he had to sacrifice all of the urges and things like that, that he had the same urges as we did, um, that everyone did at the time. And he had to sacrifice all of that and surrender his entire life to God, Mm. knowing that he would never experience any sexual fulfillment. Mm-hmm. But he had God's fulfillment, so he didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next one. There are many who are losing their souls in this age of the world by becoming absorbed in the thoughts of marriage and in the marriage relation itself. Yep. Too many people focus on... <clears throat> the the actual day the actual ceremony and not on the relationship afterwards which is why you have like what was, what was calling it? It was like marriage blues or something like that like yeah wedding marriage like post marriage depression yeah. post yeah wedding ceremony depression yeah it's it can be a big like a big um problem and it's more of a problem for women than i think for guys mm-hmm. that they over they put they they put too much focus on the wedding day itself then i mean guys have their share of a problem but i think that most women focus on the wedding day itself guys usually focus on the wedding night i was gonna say that's yes. uh, women focus more on the events of the day itself the the planning the everything like that and men focus more on the night of the wedding and the actual physical unitedness of of your covenant but neither of them focus enough on the marriage relation itself after that day mm-hmm. um i remember i had a conversation about this with my ex where she was like i was telling her like hey i want this that and this thing 
for our wedding. And she's just like, why do you want things to be a part of the ceremony? So that like, you can have whatever you want during the wedding night, but like the wedding day, that's, that's a me thing. I'm like, uh, no, it's an us thing. I don't care what your parents say or what they want. It's an us thing. And we actually had, we actually had like a, I wouldn't say an argument. We had a heated debate about whether or not like a guy should have a say in what goes on on the wedding day. And last, from what I remember, the last time we spoke is she was in the mindset of, no, guys shouldn't have a say in what happens on the wedding day. You just need to show up. She gets to choose everything on the wedding day and then you can do whatever you want on the wedding night. I'm like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> I want, like, I'm not just a, I was like, I'm not just a show up on the day of kind of a guy. I'm like, listen. That didn't happen because I was like, yo, I need my suit of armor. <laughs> I found someone who was like, yes, you need to be in that suit of armor. I'm like, hey, listen, God is speaking to me right now. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that it was our wedding and not just my wedding. Because then mm-hmm. what's the point if it's just my stuff? Like, it, There is no point. There's literally none. Um, but uh, one point that I wanted to bring up on this one, it says like there are many who are losing their souls in this age of the world by becoming absorbed in the thoughts of marriage and in the marriage relation itself. So not necessarily, like, people are are so hyper-focused on their, um, in quotation marks, calling to be married Mm. that they are not cultivating the relationships in this life that they are called to. They're just looking for a marriage partner without realizing what marriage actually is. Yep. And setting themselves up for a lot of headache and potential failure because yeah potential the wedding the potential well, fail, loss of your soul yeah. like because like yeah the wedding day is a big like you know party and everything but like now you gotta spend the rest of your life with this person if you didn't do your homework to make sure that that's the person that you're supposed to be with or they have the same goals or um doctrine as you man life's gonna be rough mm-hmm. yeah Okay. In very many cases, the parents have abused their marriage privileges and by indulgence have strengthened strengthened their animal passions. Yep. Um, was that last chapter or this time? I can't remember. But basically, uh, she might talk about it later in the chapter. Uh, she says that like women are supposed to uh, not indulge the animal passions of their husbands, but to uh, control them. Hmm. To never submit to those to the to the lust of the lower passions, um, as she puts it. And when you think about it, yes, because if you're just if you're just scratching someone else's itch, you're not helping them get out of that issue. But also, that's not sex. That's not godly sex. That is that's it's lustful sex. It's not even sex. I wouldn't even call it sex. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's sexual immorality because at that point, you're not catering to each other's needs and creating the image that god wanted to create with sex and you're yeah and and you know i don't like when people say that like once you're married everything is permissible but in the bible it says that everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial to your marriage and as a wife or a husband it's your job to remind your spouse that just because we're married doesn't mean that you get to give in to your carnal desires. As I was saying, um, Sorry. <laughs> like I'm the way I look at it is more like a 
um, if you if you if you help your partner and give in to those those lusts and those desires, it's like trying to help someone quit drinking by giving them a drink. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm an alcoholic. I'm trying to quit. Well, here, 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 here's a cooler, or here's a little taste of some beer here and there, or like here, let me pour you half a glass of wine, not a full glass, but half glass. There you go. See, look, you're already coming back. You're on the way to recovery. Like it's not. You're not helping the situation. You have. You have to. Sometimes, like I think, the best way to stop something is cold turkey. Just cut it's it rough, out. But cut it out. Cut it out. Like, if something is bad for you, cut it out of your life. Because the longer you hold on to it, the worse it's going to be. Like, the more damage you're eventually doing. So just cut it out. Cold turkey. Get it out of there. And cold turkey, cold turkey with God. Yeah. Cold turkey by yourself. And, you. <laughs> and it's not going to work. It's just like pressing the pause button on your issue. Mm-hmm. Not actually stopping it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it is carrying that which is lawful to excess that makes it a grievous sin. Mm-hmm. It's just like the it's just like the uh, um, not the one theory, but I guess you could say the law of uh, toxology, which is anything can be a poison given the right dose, mm. including water. A lot of people are like, "Wait, what? Water can be a poison? Yeah, given enough, given a high enough dose. I mean, like." The dose you'd have to take of water, you'd have to be drinking almost 100 liters of water a day to kill you. And you'd internally drown. But you can drown from drinking too much water. You can flood your internal organs. So, anything can be a poison if it's taken to excess. Including uh, any relationship, especially sex. Mm-hmm. And anything that like, that, like it says, that is lawful. Anything that... Could be perceived as doing God's work. Freedom. Yeah. Yep. But right. I mean, what? Freedom of speech. Like a lot of things nowadays that people say, you know, like, ah, this is my thing. I have the right to do this. Like, yeah, just because it's lawful for you to do, just because it's lawful for you to preach, doesn't mean that you should preach every single waking moon of every single day. Someone's just like, how are you doing? The Lord has blessed me and I need to tell you how much. It's like, okay, stop preaching at me, guys. This, this is not the time. This is not the time for you to, there's no soapbox here. Mm. If you brought a soapbox with you, get off the soapbox. But... Uh, um, one thing that I think I think that a lot of um, couples do to themselves by accident is getting so enthralled in ministry that they forget to take care of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And being ministry can also be very bad for you. Yeah, because it is lawful and it's a great thing in moderation. Yes. You cannot take it to an excess where it takes over the rest of your life because you're. First and foremost, ministry is your family and your marriage. Mm-hmm. And if your ministry is taking more time, um, is taking time away from you that you should be devoted to your family, well then, uh, you know what you gotta do. Yeah. Oh, I'm so yawny today. Okay. Because you just had a nap. I know. <laughs> Let the Christian wife refrain both in word and act from ex- exiting, nope. That's as exciting, not I was going to be like exiting. <laughs> okay. Where's this going? Let the Christian wife refrain both in word and act from exciting the animal passions of her husband. Many have no strength at all to waste in this direction, 
From their youth up, they have weakened the brain and sapped the constitution by by the gratification of animal passions. Self-denial and temperance should be the watchword in their married life. Yep. You may end up with a partner who, because they were never taught or, you know, they never had a role model or they weren't close enough to God to be able to keep away from those habits. Like most people have been exposed to these things from age, like what, 12? Way before that. No, I think 12 is around the age. That they'll know about sex and know exactly what it is. No, that they'll be exposed to it. By the age of 12, most people are exposed. But Mm -hmm. it's from 10, it's from 10 to 12. No one's getting exposed at six years old. If you are, then that was child abuse trauma. Okay, not to sex itself, but they're definitely exp- people. Little kids, like little little kids, are exposed to sexual images from ten is still little. Yeah, but little little, like three, four, five, are exposed to sexual images on TV, in magazines, in uh, around them, um, and still, posters. I think the, the statistics say that most people are exposed to it the age of 10 let me look at this so that we have watched it he just so i was close okay so looking at i was close it's in between 5 and 13 so split the difference you have nine okay so essentially okay (laughs) essentially either way people are very young when they're first exposed yeah where was it going with i don't know uh yeah like you may end up with someone who's exposed to this early mm-hmm. and it just keeps on, as she like says, it keeps on degrading and wearing away at their ability to say no, at their ability to resist this thing, especially if they start at age nine or earlier, but they're exposed to this and they start this unhealthy habit, this addiction towards this thing. If you come in and you're all trying to be all cute, you're like, oh, how about this? And then they're just like, rawr. Like they can't eat, they can't even resist it. Your job as their spouse, as their partner is to, is to avoid things that can trigger them to help them in that. If they have no self-control themselves, you are there to be that self-control. Mm-hmm. And, and being that self-control can really suck at points in times because you might have to be, you know, like if you if you look at our relationship, like both of us were exposed to things before mm-hmm. we were married, and obviously, like like I I mean I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before. I wasn't a virgin before we got married, and like we had different points of view on sexuality, but very tainted points of view. Yeah, both of our points of view are, are were very tainted, and we were both. Um, we started being corrupted at a very young age, both of us. Mm-hmm. So now in the marriage bed, it comes to sometimes it's me that has to be like, whoa, whoa. And like, okay, we got to take a step back kind of thing. But I'm, I'm very the opposite where it's not, I don't allow enough kind of thing. So like you have more of a view that's, I guess it's more men in general, um, are more, crave more of like that, like carnal, Mm-hmm. thing and women are more like they crave that gentleness and and stuff like that right so women it's it's kind of our job to be like whoa take me step by step don't don't skip 27 steps here like uh, there's there's steps to follow but it, there's also it could be the other way around and there could be things that you as a woman are allowing or not allowing in your marriage bed that need to be um mm. fixed by your husband as well or not fixed but um, reminded by your husband as well yeah. I, one thing for me that you did was I completely didn't realize that 
by me craving gentleness so much, I had no confidence whatsoever. And I would just sit there and yeah. be like, let me like be gentle, be gentle, be gentle. And you were like, be confident and I will be able to, to, to treat you the way that you want to be treated. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got this. <laughs> like, it's, just, yeah. it's dealing with each other's past has helped us grow. Cause I know like sometimes you'll have like, you have a lot of trauma and like sometimes you'll have uh, panic attacks Mm-hmm. In sessions where you'll just like freak out and shut down, but that has taught me to be more caring and gentle and be like, okay, and observant. We gotta, yeah, and some, and like, you know, you're getting good when you can see before it happens. You're just like, ah, <laughs> no, 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 let's try this. And then she's just like, how did you know? And we're like, the apples, I'll be watching. <laughs> so, yeah, but being exposed to those things early, then you have to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. later on in life and it, it you can't just let them go as, nope. as a married couple it's your job nope. to take care of each other yep. and to make sure that you're not fulfilling any lustful or carnal needs in your spouse yeah, yeah you f- can't be like that one meme of that dog sitting in a house on fire like it's fine it's fine <laughs> partner has problems it's fine i have a problem it's fine it's fine it's not fine your house is on fire Get out of the house. <laughs> yeah okay It is not pure love which actuates a man to make his wife an instrument to minister to his lust. It is the animal passions which clamor for indulgence. How few men show their love in the manner specified by the apostle, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might not pollute it, but sanctify and cleanse it, that it should be holy and without blemish. See, I think one thing that we need to do as a church is to talk about this more. It's like when guys reach a certain age, like the age of like I would say thirteen would be yeah a good thirteen, age. thirteen. You need to take them into like uh, a junior, uh, like a junior like young men's class where you talk about these things and be like, listen, you guys are trying to look at girls. I know because I've been catching all of y'all. You know, like trying to you know giving that like that like double take. Like <laughs> I know all of you all been doing, and just go through and tell them like, okay. This is what the Bible says love is. This is what love is. Nothing that you have been or will be exposed to outside of, you know, the Bible is what love is supposed to be. Yeah, of the maybe, Bible. Yeah, maybe yeah. even your parents aren't even showing you what love is supposed to be. Because and they weren't taught. Just as much as we weren't taught, our parents weren't taught. Yeah, so they no. don't know either. They're just like, do, 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 figure it out. TV said this. and That didn't work. TV, you lied to me. So being able to catch people early can help yes. reduce those kinds of things and avoid people letting their animal passions take over. Honestly, uh, I think that this verse being a, a verse that young men keep in their hearts would be something that would be so beneficial because I think that that's a big issue in sexual immorality is that whether it be men or women, we yeah. have a hard time connecting the fact that what i am doing in my sexual immorality is damaging the person that is in front of me whether that person be on a screen or physically in front of you it's damaging that person's life as well as yours you're not just doing it to yourself and if you don't think it's damaging if it's on a screen think about that's why every time you see that person you're looking them in a negative uh sexual you're not abusive. seeing the, the the being that god created you're yeah, seeing just look at that a, one there's a, there's a story that's like one uh porn star where she went into it to pay 
her way through school, became a doctor, but can't get a job because everyone sees her. What's her name? Mia Khalifa. Yeah, everyone sees her as this. Like, you will... You don't think it's damaging them, but every time they go somewhere, every time someone sees them, like, oh, you're that one person from this one website. And they're just like, great. They they can't go to sleep. They can't, like, walk away from their past. And every time you see them, you're you're reminded of all these things that you did in the dark. And... One thing that people don't realize is on the other side of a screen, that person is not enjoying themselves. They're being paid to do things that a regular woman would not do. And they're getting paid to be the sexual object of all your desires, and they're not enjoying it. They have to take drugs to make sure that they're lubricated constantly so that they don't hurt themselves. They sometimes are not consentful at all, like consensuous at all in, in those situations. The like majority of porn sites have um it, it videos of people that are se- sexually trafficked like it's it, they're all mm-hmm. human trafficking victims most people on those websites are minors like there there's so much damage that you're doing by watching these videos and none of the money that you're putting into that is going to those individual people it's going to the people who own them yep which should be god but it, it's not Unfortunately, I mean, God still owns them. They just haven't let him take ownership. Yeah. But then, even with a with a person in front of you as well, that's God's daughter or son. That's that's someone that God created as an individual with a purpose. And mm. if all you're seeing them as is a fulfillment for your carnal needs in that moment, how gut wrenching would that feel to God? Yeah. That you look at His creation as something to use and dispose of yeah i remember there was a singer who uh came out was came came out that she was part of that industry and that like she took advantage of a lot of men and everyone was like you go girl you do you have you um had to do what you had to do to get out of that and it's oh not my- cardi b yeah yeah and then uh, it's just like when you look think back at it like no because god is still very 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 much ashamed of you for doing that like doesn't matter your situation you should never take advantage of other people honestly um i I know people who are in part of that industry as well and they see it as um a power tactic to swindle men Mm. out of their money Mm -hmm. and that breaks my heart (laughs) because i'm like how how do you feel comfortable in your body and in your life knowing that you are the biggest stumbling block to so many people and they're paying you to be a stumbling block Nope. But yeah. Okay. Before I get too heated into the porn industry and get angry at it, let me skip to the next one. <laughs> That's well, a whole other about, topic. You're about to start a whole other series. <laughs> I'm about to go for like five hours. Uh, okay. He knows, too, that in no way can he better stamp his own hateful image upon their offspring, that he can thus mold their character even more readily than he can the character of the parents. Uh, I think... Okay, so this is talking about Satan. So Satan knows that in no way can he better stamp his own hateful image upon their offspring, that he can thus mold their character even more readily than he can can the character of the parents. So the parents that we were talking about earlier that are indulging in their own passions, Satan knows just how bad their kids are going to be. Yes. Because he has full reign to mold them into himself. Yeah, well, think about it this way, like... Kids are like um, cement. 
Okay. Okay. When you get the, or like clay, when the, you get them young, it's like super soft and it's easy to mold and they're so impressionable to anything that they experience. As they get older, it starts to become harder and tougher and starts to harden to the point where you need to break it to remold it and stuff like that as adults. Mm. Um, so when God is present there, he can sit there and mold it at such a young age. But like when you give in to your desires and passions like that, and then the devil's right there at jump and he's just like, great, time to mess them stuff up. And I got them while they're the easiest to work with. And one thing that we listened to in this sermon today is Satan is not omnipotent. He will not be there constantly with you, but he will leave traps for you to mess yourself up. Mm-hmm. He'll leave a black pit in your in the middle of your bedroom for you to step in and you will not even notice that you fell in it and you're just gonna spin around in circles and be like satan is running after me and satan's just watching you and be like i didn't even do anything bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he, they also said that uh, the iniquities that are in your heart are passed down to your children and their children the sins of the father shall be visited unto the third and the fourth generation mm. And if you don't deal with them in this lifetime, then your children will have to deal with them. And if they don't, then their children will have to deal with them. And I'm pretty sure any of you that have had children don't want your children to have to deal with the things that you're dealing with today. Yeah. If you're suffering through stuff like this, like think about not just your children, not just your grandchildren, but your great grandchildren may suffer from the choices you made. That's and exactly what go- happened with um, with Solomon. Mm-hmm. It was his. It was his great grandchild. Was it his grandchild? Or his great grandchild. And anyways, this is that when Daniel and them were attacked by Babylon and carried away. Solomon, God was just like, I won't make it during your lifetime, but during your children's lifetime, they're gonna suffer from the wrongdoings you did. And that's when he became a bitter old man and wrote Ecclesiastes. <laughs> and he just like, woe unto me! All is not worth it. Everything, life is a lie. <laughs> but. Um, when you think about it, though, it won't end after the fourth generation if none of the kids are dealing with it. It'll just keep going and keep going and keep going until someone deals with it. Mm-hmm. And So you've doomed your entire lineage. And I mean, if you want like a concrete example, my great-grandfather was a person and he, he raped my great-grandmother and then my grandfather was born. I don't know what happened in his lifetime or in my dad's lifetime, but I was also raped. So there are sexual sins that have happened throughout the generations that follow. I mean, your dad went from one girl to the other and then ended up staying with your mom. So, I mean, that's sexual sin enough, even though he already had a child. Yeah. He had a child with one girl and then it just like goes to another girl and then has another child and then just leaves the girl one. No, that's not how that happened. He was with a girl had the kid, left her, got with my mom, went back to the one he had a kid with, then left her again. Well, he, yeah, so yeah. he cheated on my mom and then went back to my mom and had a kid with her. Yeah. So there's there's sexual immorality within so, everyone's lives. And the thing is, is that the more we're ashamed of that and we keep that in the closet, the less it will get fixed. Yeah. Think about like either, either you're the start of it or you're the end of it. Yeah. So pick which one you want to be. Do you do you want? Are, are you gonna let this uh, generational sin start here, or are you gonna stop it and be like, nope, 
even though it's a little bit, I'm going to stop this right now. And the thing is, is that there's so many sins that will be passed down through generations that you didn't even know about. So the ones you do know about, nip them in the butt so that your kids don't have to deal with all of the ones you also didn't know about. Mm. Plus what you're already dealing with. Yeah. Okay. Um, that which God has given as a blessing is made a curse. Yep. God intended for marriage, sex, relationships in general to be a blessing. And if you let the devil into your life, it'll be a curse. Mm. Because then he's just going to make everything poo-poo garbage. And it's going to be annoying <laughs> and just miserable. And you're going to be like, why God? And God will be like, because you let this trash in here. Get it out. Well, especially, especially sex within your marriage covenant. Because it's meant to be something that holds you together as a married couple, right? It's meant to be the, the glue that keeps you together. And if it's corrupted, then the center part of your relationship is no longer centered around God and that will be a curse to your marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the last one for this episode. We're going to split this chapter in two. Don't mind the dog. I'm <laughs> stretching against a wall. <laughs> okay. Sexual excess will effectually destroy a love for devotional exercises, will take from the brain the substance needed to nourish the system and will most effectively exhaust the vitality. Yeah, for some people who don't know, like, um, sex, like, um, sperm takes away, requires a lot of essential minerals and trace elements in order to be... To create life. ...manufactured. So whenever you are participating in... What are you... Focus. Sorry. <laughs> whenever you are, whenever you are uh, committing into sexual uh, acts, whether with another person or by yourself... You're wasting, like, that life, that those essential things that you need and degrading yourself. When you think about it, too, like, those those essential minerals were made to create life into your partner, right? Like, your, your semen is supposed to go into your partner and create life. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if it's not being used in that purpose, in that, that marital covenant, it, not necessarily, like, the, the biologic semen itself but like the energy that you would use to that you would normally use to build the covenant together and to build your relationship together is being used on other things or not used properly if and you're in excess of that mm -hmm. then you will become um like spiritual sex love devotion anything will become mundane because it's it's nothing compared to the high you get from your your sexual excess mm -hmm. just like taking drugs if you're addicted to cocaine the high that you get with cocaine will not compare to normal life and you cannot you, everything else will seem disgusting and depressive when you're not high and that's what god starts to look like when you're when you indulge in those those sexual desires that were not that don't come from him mm -hmm. 100% okay so that was part one of chapter 18. So we're going to split this episode and come back next week for part two. Cool. So, yeah. If you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, feel free to send us an email at info.lessonsforyou at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Real Time Talk Podcast, Instagram at Real Time underscore talk, 
and feel free to give us a review on um, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. I don't even think you can review on Spotify. Reviewer, you can review. Yeah, give us some feedback. You'd you'd think that people would tell us that they're listening, but no one does. Until you actually meet them, they're like, oh, I listen to your podcast. You're like, our podcast? Like, ours? If you leave a review or send us a message somewhere telling us how you feel about the podcast, we'll we'll, we'll put you on blast and, and talk about you on the podcast. Not in a bad way. We'll no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll read your you review. Shout out. Yeah. We'll give you a shout-out. Yeah. Okay. So, and, like, if you if you want, like, let us know, like, what you do as well. If we're giving you a shout-out, might as well put your stuff on blast, too, and be like, they also have a podcast. Go listen. That kind of stuff. Let us know. Um, yeah, so stay in school. Sab school. Stay in sab school. Stay in all school.